Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. We have some special guests with us this morning. Our missionaries, Paul and Lori Vernon, all the way from Thailand, are our special guests this morning. If you would welcome them, I'm going to have them come forward. If you have journeyed with us as your church family, you know that we have had a primary mission investment in Thailand for really 11 years. Uh, We send teams. We are frequently there. We've got our own homegrown missionary, Aaron Glassburn, who is in Thailand serving full-time, connected with Paul and Lori. And they're going to share a little bit about that, but they're going to be um, sharing with us this morning. And one of the things that's been interesting over these last 11 years is whenever uh, we host them or whenever they host us, we're always bringing gifts uh, back and forth, little sweets and treats and things that you can't get from one place to, uh, to another or uh, things that are kind of local to that context. And so we've shared a number of different things over the years. But on this trip, they brought me something uh, super uh, incredible. Uh, it's really, it's one of my top three favorite gifts. The other two I'll mention in just a moment. But this is the new Akka Bible in the updated language. It's the um, uh, Psalms, Proverbs, and all of the New Testament. And this is something that we want to make sure that we celebrate. So this, just with our history, especially with our connection to our sister uh, village church family, um, this is is probably the most cherished gift, but the other two are much more important and much more lasting for me. One is just the friendship that we have with one another. Eleven years ago at convention, Paul and I went out for coffee to decide whether or not we were going to be friends is really what it came down to, and we left a two-and-a-half-hour coffee mandate deciding we were just going to be best friends. And so that's kind of how our story goes. But the other thing that is probably my favorite gift that I receive from you guys is when you share from the Word of God. Um, And I am privileged this morning to get to hear your message twice. I've already taken notes on it once, and I would suggest to you that you get ready to take some notes because the Lord is going to speak to you about who you are and about what He would do in your life as well. Um, They're going to be sharing a little bit of updates of their own ministry because that's shifted over the last 11 years, uh, and God continues to do new new things, and then they're going to be sharing from God's Word as well. So if you would welcome Paul and Lori. Good morning, Sterling Foursquare. It's so good to be back here with you guys again. Um, We love to look out and see a lot of familiar faces, but also some new faces. We love to see that this community is growing and thriving in God's love and favor. Um, As Pastor Ben said, we're going to give you a little bit of an update on our ministry and just our life in general. Um, I'm going to do that before I hand the mic over to my husband, who's going to bring an encouragement to you guys from the Word of God. So the first thing we wanted to do is give you an update just on kind of what our assignments are and what we actually do. If you've been around Sterling a while, um, you may know that we used to work for Aka Outreach Foundation. Um, 
And we did that up until 2018. We worked there for about 14 years. Um, but in the past three years, we've kind of started a new role. Um, and even though we've already been in this role for three years, it still feels kind of new to us. So, and so it may feel kind of new to you as well. So we're going to just give you an, a bit of a refresher on what it is that we actually do over there in Chiang Rai, Thailand. And then, we're gonna, then I'll tell you a little bit about just some things that are happening in our lives as well. Um, so uh, my role for the last three years has been at Chiang Rai International Christian School. So I work full-time at Chiang Rai International Christian School. I'm a volunteer there. So um, I work primarily with the youth. I teach 10th grade and 12th grade Bible. I'm also the Bible department head. And I get to also be involved in kind of the spiritual life department, um, being a uh, part of the team that creates the youth retreat each year. So we have a youth retreat that helps... Um, get our students focused on their spiritual life. And obviously, as a Bible teacher, that's also a big part of my job in the, in the classroom as well. So I really love um, getting to interact with the youth. We, um, our school is, was created for missionary kids. And luckily, we also have three missionary kids that go to the school. Um, but it's not only for missionary kids. It's also a great outreach. So I'm not only encouraging and teaching missionary kids, but we're also teaching um, students who don't come from Christian homes, either from um, Thai families or other families that just kind of end up at our school because they need a, an English education. And so that's a really great opportunity to, to be able to encourage students and give them an opportunity to see what, um, what the kingdom of God is like in their own life. Um, and Paul's job for the last three years has been as a regional coordinator with the Foursquare Church, Foursquare Missions International. And what that means is that he gets to encourage and um, connect with leaders and pastors of the Nash eight nations in our region. So in Southeast Asia, there's eight nations, and he's working with all of the leaders and the churches and missionaries in all of those areas, coordinating with, co coordinating with them and um, encouraging them and training, providing them with training materials and all sorts of things. Now, in, in the past, am I still there? Okay. Yeah. In the past, um, normally that would be a job where he is traveling to all these different countries, connecting with people, doing trainings. Um, but as you guys know, the world has been a different place over the last three years. And so with all of the shutdowns that have happened, that has made his job very different. So his job has looked very different than he thought it would, um, which means a lot more Zoom calls for him and a lot less in-person connection. Um, but he's still done a really great job supporting all of the, the national movements in the, in the areas surrounding us. So it's been a really great three years to kind of get started in these roles, and we're going to continue on with them as we move forward. Um, we also wanted to just give you a quick life update. We're going to give you a couple highlights and lowlights also, low, low points. So if you go on to the next one, um, this is one of our favorite things that has happened over the past three years. And some of you guys may recognize Aaron and his new wife, Alina, who you haven't met in person, but I hope you're already starting to recognize her, her picture. We were able to be at their wedding in 2020. And um, 
it has been such a joy for us to stand with them and support them as they are starting their new family and continuing on in ministry. Yeah. So we bring a greeting on their behalf to you. Um, they can't be here right now, but they're working hard to get here. And yeah. so we'd ask for your prayers for them, both while they're in Thailand, that their ministry would be flourishing. <clears throat> they're, um, they have lots of new open new opportunities to encourage leaders and train up leaders in the area. Um, but also we ask for your prayers that the opportunity for them to come back here yeah. would would present itself so that they can actually see you guys. I know it's been a long time and you haven't even met Alina yet. She's amazing, by the way. We love her to death. Um, and you're going to love her too. So we just wanted to bring that greeting and um, remind you to pray for Aaron as well. Um, and then if you'll go on to the next slide, this is, this is one of the sad things that has happened over the last three years. Um, and we know that we're not alone in experiencing sad things. We know that this church has experienced some difficult things over the last three years, losses as well. Um, so this is our sister church. This is Sterling's sister church. And um, it was the church that, and the, the community that we started out in um, 17 years ago. And um, one of the really difficult things that happened in that community was that one of the young people passed away. Um, and this was a, a girl that we met her when she was five in 2005. Um, and in 2021, she passed away. And so she was, as you can, if you can do that math, um, she was in her early 20s. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just heartbreaking. And um, it, it was really hard for us to, to have someone that we had known her whole life growing up and to see her pass away before her time, right? And so um, this is at her, at her funeral with all of our loved ones, and this is our village family. Um, and it's, you know, kind of by proxy your village family yeah. as well. Um, so we just wanted to remind you that um, as you guys have gone through struggles, the whole world has gone through struggles. And our hearts are, are bound together with that and that we, we seek the Lord in those moments of, of struggle and that he supports us all, whether we're in Sterling or whether we're in Thailand. Um, the Lord is with us in our struggles. Um, so um, we just wanted to finish, or I'll finish, by saying um, a, just a great thank you to yeah. Sterling um, for just your consistency and your loyalty and just for always being there for us. Um, we are so encouraged by your love and support over all these years. We know you guys are going to be steadfast and you're going to be here for us. And even if we're only here every three years, um, we know that you're here and you're praying for us and that's such an encouragement to us. So thank you so much. Um, now I'll turn it over to my husband who will give you a really encouraging word. I was super encouraged by it even last, um, last service. So thank Thanks, you. Sweetie. Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> Back in the day, we used to always preach together where I would, I would share and she would share and I would share and she would share. And that's a lot more work um, than it is to prepare it on your own. 
And this year, uh, we didn't get the together amount of time because of our different assignments. I actually came to the U.S. first with our three kids, and Lori stayed back in Thailand for two more weeks as she had graduation to finish with, with her high schoolers and, and all of the um, incredible relationships that she has there. Um, but even though we aren't preaching together, uh, we're, we really are one team, uh, and we really are uh, greeting you guys together today. So I'm, I'm happy that she got to be up here for, for a minute and you got to hear from from our updates. Um, I'm really happy uh, to be here this morning. As I shared in the first service, this is actually the first week that we've been able to be in a four-square church since we came to Thailand. We were at convention and and saw so many of our friends and family um, uh, there, and that was wonderful. But this is really special to be able to come together with with our family here, uh, to be received back, to see so many new faces and see all the things that the Lord is doing in Sterling right now, to celebrate baptism with you this morning. What a special time that is. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a forever moment uh, that we got to experience together this morning, and it was, it's just a real honor to, to be able to do that together with you. The message that I'd like to bring this morning, um, I'm calling Back on Mission. I know here in Sterling, we're on a uh, sermon series called This is My Story, and Pastor Ben started this, this series off talking about the importance of story. You know, the book of Revelation says um, uh, that we, they overcame by the, power of, by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony. Um, our stories matter. Um, but then he reminded us last week um, that our stories especially matter when we let the author of our story have the pen uh, and, and not to take the pen ourselves or let other people write our stories for us. And then pa- Pastor Bob gave his testimony of, uh, of what the Lord had done in his life. Um, and there's, when, we, when we hear those messages, when we hear those stories, there's nothing that can take those away from us. Um, you, you can argue about theology and you can argue about truth, but you can't take my story away from me and I can't take my, your story away from you. And we want to really focus in on that um, and say, what is the Lord doing in my life and what is he saying in, in my story? And uh, I'm, I'm titling it Back on Mission because as Lori shared, um, we've had some, some difficulties in the past couple of years. When I left, when I was here three years ago and sharing with you, I was so excited to be able to go. In fact, I was a little bit worried about being away from my family too much over the last three years. Um, I expected to be traveling maybe 100 days a year uh, to these incredible people in these wonderful nations and working with these people face to face. Uh, But of course, we all experienced some some big changes in the past couple of years. Um, You can go to that next one, in fact. Uh, 29 to t- 2019 to 2022 were not what we expected them to be uh, when we left here in 20, 2019. But the Lord is good. The Lord remains on the throne, and his kingdom continues to grow. Uh, the next slide is a picture. Uh, the last selfie, we need to take an updated one while we're here. Uh, this is the last selfie that Pastor Ben and I took together. And... Uh, he hasn't come back to our part of the world since we took this selfie, and in part because of the difficulties we had and in part because of the realities of the world. Um, but we took this picture um, not because I wanted a picture of he and I, but because I wanted a picture of the stuff that was behind us. Uh, there's a little barrier there. Um, beyond that barrier are some bottles of water. And if you could see over my left shoulder, which I wasn't brave enough to include in the selfie when I took it, there are about four or five Vietnamese communist soldiers fully armed, standing there in front of our hotel, keeping, anyone from, keeping everyone from coming in or going out. 
We arrived in Vietnam uh, expecting to do about five days of ministry, working with leaders, training leaders, setting up some Bible training centers in Vietnam. And the night that we arrived, in the middle of the night, we received phone call in, a phone call in our hotel room. I actually personally received four or five phone calls because I didn't wake up to the first ones. Uh, this, this said, you have to leave your room and come downstairs right now. Uh, and in Vietnam, when, when they tell you what to do, they tell you pretty seriously uh, what you're supposed to do. And so this was urgent. We came down, ended up um, kind of all, everyone in the hotel kind of ended up in this little sort of dining area in the basement. Um, and into our hotel came communist soldiers and people in full hazmat gear spraying down uh, the entire hotel because there was something called COVID uh, that apparently had been found in the hotel. Vietnam was very, very, taking this very, very seriously. Uh, that night we were told that it would be, that we would be, all be quarantined in that hotel for two weeks. We would not be able to leave the hotel. No one would be able to come in. Um, we wrote some emails that night. Uh, you guys heard, many of you heard about this. Um, all of you as a, as a church body, um, whether you knew it or not, you were all praying together uh, for us. And miraculously, 24 hours later, we were walking out of that hotel. God showed, amen, you can clap about that. God showed up and he, and he, and he released us in that moment. Um, but that was the beginning of a season for me that felt very much trapped and very much imprisoned. Um, Zoom is a wonderful tool, and I'm grateful that we have it, but it is not the same as being able to connect in person. These online streams are wonderful, and I'm so glad for everyone who's joining us here this morning. I pray that the message that we share this morning will be encouraging and ministering to you. But if we aren't physically in in one another's lives, if we're not present with one another, it's just so different. It's just so different. And so these past two years have felt very much like a prison to me. And um, whenever I'm in a time of, of wondering and wandering, uh, I often find solace in the Word of God. And I especially like to find solace in narrative stories in the Word. Um, there's so many characters I love. Abraham um, is, is one of my favorites. I have an entire class I teach to the Akka Bible uh, program uh, about the life of Abraham. Uh, one of these years, I'll come here and do a whole month series, and, and we'll, we'll do that one for y'all. Um, but another one of my favorite people, uh, uh, and in fact, if I ever write a book, uh, his stories will be throughout this book, um, is Peter. Peter is an incredible, incredible character. Uh, we're given such insight into his life, and he's, his story is told so vulner, vulnerably. Uh, we see all his mess. Uh, everything Peter does seems to fall apart. He's a, he's a liar. He speaks too quickly. He acts too quickly. Uh, he lies again. He denies Christ. He gets in big fights with, with the Apostle Paul year, years later. Um, there's, his life is full of, of messy, messy things. But you see, Jesus loves him so much. In fact, Jesus says, your name is no longer Simon, but Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. There was a really special relationship between Peter and Jesus. And that is great encouragement to me because Peter was a really broken, messed up person. And if Jesus could be really, really in love and have mercy and grace and, and favor and understanding for someone like that, then he can have that for me. And he can have that for you. 
There's no list of messed up things that we can add that will make Jesus say, nope, you're out. Peter is the witness to us of the goodness of Jesus. And in Acts chapter 12, uh, we see Peter's story. Uh, at this point, Peter's kind of at the high point in his ministry. He's come to the high point in his ministry. He walked with Jesus for three years as a disciple, you know, walked on water and then, and then took his eyes off and, and nearly drowned. Uh, I was, saw miracles happen, saw people saved, saw demons cast out, um, tried to throw children away from Jesus and got corrected, um, told, was the first of the disciples to confess, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, uh, then immediately listened to, to the words of Satan and told those to Jesus. Um, Peter was just bouncing all around in those three years. But at the end, Jesus says to him, go to Jerusalem and wait, and I will send my helper. He goes with all the other disciples. They're sitting in the upper room. And while praying together, the Holy Spirit comes. It falls on that room. And Peter goes out on the streets, and all the people who are there uh, for Pentecost um, are, are accusing them of being drunkards. And Peter gives the greatest sermon probably in the history of the world. And thousands of people come to Christ. From that point, the church is added to daily and it even begins to multiply and it becomes this movement that is taking over the world at that time. And then persecution came. And then hardship came. A leader at the time whose name was Herod arrested one of Peter's best friends, there were three of them. They were very tight, Peter, James, and John. Herod arrested James and had him killed. And the apostles then saw this persecution is starting to hit really, really close to home. Herod was so excited uh, by the people's response to his action that he said, this is great. This makes me really popular when I kill these Christian leaders. And so he decided he was going to do the same thing to Peter. And he arrested Peter. And that's the story that we're going to pick up on today. Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 11. Really sorry about the size of that text. You can open up your own Bibles. <laughs> Some of you might be young enough to still read that. I am not. <laughs> but I can read it from here. Um, before I read, let's pray together that the Holy Spirit will teach us from his word. Heavenly Father, we praise you for the goodness of your word. We praise you that your word brings life and hope to our lives. Holy Spirit, as we examine this word today, we open our minds and hearts to your direction, to your instruction, and to your counsel. Come and be our teacher. Put away the, the words of man. Put away the words of, of me. And Holy Spirit, minister your word to us as your children today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 10. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries were before the door guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell, he struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. 
And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done was being done by an angel, that, was, that it was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them on its own accord. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. This is a passage that some of you who've maybe grown up in the church might be familiar with. Uh, Immediately after this, Peter goes from the street alone now. The angel's not with him. uh, And he goes to the place where he knew everyone was gathered and praying for him. He knocks on the door. A little girl answers the door. She's so excited that the prayers have been answered and Peter is there. She slams the door back on Peter's face, runs over to tell everybody that Peter's there. They don't believe him. It's a great sermon to itself. Uh, But that's not the sermon that we're going to look into this morning. Um, As I've had these past two years of feeling stuck and feeling imprisoned, when I came across this passage earlier this year, it came alive to me in a new way. And it was this portion of the passage that came alive to me in a new way. And sometimes I think all of us would say, when it's dark, when it's heavy, when things are, seem impossible, we, we all kind of want to say, Jesus, where's that angel for me? Uh, where's this just giant, miraculous, uh, uh, shining light thing that's going to happen and all the chains are going to fall away and everything's going to open and how do I walk out in that? Um, and, we, and we look for that. But actually, at the end of this passage, we see that Peter didn't even think this was real. Peter wasn't all that excited about the angel. But the angel says five statements to Peter here. And the reason Peter responds to these statements and the reason that they bring freedom and the reason they return him back to mission is because they're statements that Jesus had said to him in his walk with Jesus. And I want us to look at those five statements today and I want us to look at ourselves. I want us to say, where, Lord, have I lost some hope, and come off mission. Maybe by my own choices, but maybe by circumstances that I can't control. As Lori shared, I would have loved to have been moving around for these past two years and and going into these nations. But I I didn't have that choice. That choice was taken from me. Uh, It was impossible to travel. But when we get in those situations where we've lost our ability to move forward in mission, sometimes we start to believe that that mission is no longer real, that that passion and purpose, that calling is no longer on our lives. Um, and that's, what Lord, the Lord has to, that's why the Lord has to do a new work in us to revive what he put in us in the first time. So let's look at these five statements that the angel said and see how they apply to us. The first Get up quickly. Wake up! It's 11 o'clock service, so it's a little easier for us to be awake this morning, right? Um, But whenever we get in those situations where things are hard, when things are dark, 
was it just us or did all of us have a little bit of kind of these like sloshy doldrums of COVIDness over the past two years? It's like it's stressful to go shopping all of a sudden. What happened? There was something in us that got groggy and sleepy. There was something in me that got sleepy. But the first thing the angel said was, get up and get up quickly. Peter had been told this by Jesus several times uh, through the years, um, sometimes because he was fishing all night uh, and he couldn't stay up through the sermon the next morning. You guys couldn't relate, I'm sure. Uh, but sometimes uh, it was because Jesus was saying, there's something that is going to happen and you need to be ready for it. The most obvious of those times was when Peter and James and John are praying with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and they fall asleep time after time after time. And each time Jesus came back to them and he says, get up and watch with me. In the Bible, awakeness and watchfulness are really closely connected. Watchfulness means being aware of the things that are happening beyond. Jesus teaches us to be watchful in the Lord's Prayer when when we pray, lead us not into temptation. Lord, help us to be aware of what's next and what's beyond and protect us from the things that would, give us, would, would do us harm. So the first thing that the Lord wants to do in us as he wants to revive mission in our lives is wake us up. The second word that Peter was told by the angel was perhaps the most powerful. Dress yourself. When you look at it, it doesn't seem all that important. It seems, okay, it's, you know, it would be shameful, right, or embarrassing to, to walk out of prison without clothes on. So, yeah, good idea to, to get dressed. Uh, but this, this word had a lot more powerful meaning to Peter specifically. And that's why the Lord said it to him. When Peter denied Jesus three times... Uh, and then the rooster crows, and he sees Jesus, and he's heartbroken. He runs away. Jesus dies, and Peter goes fishing. Um, because that was always Peter's go-to escape. And while Peter's fishing, he sees someone on the shore, and they call him, call him over. Hey, did you guys catch any fish? And they say, no fish last night. So he says, why don't you try fishing on the other side of the boat? This had happened before. They throw the net to the other side of the boat. All of a sudden, the net is full of fish. Peter's response to this one was different than the previous story. Go read them on your own sometime. They're incredible stories. Peter throws his clothes on because he was, he was in his fishing nothingness. Uh, he throws his clothes on and he jumps into the, into the lake and swims to Jesus. He had just denied Jesus three times, but when he saw him, he ran back to him. I think one of the reasons Jesus loved Peter so much is because he was the first one to make mistakes, but he was also the first one to repent of of his mistakes. He repented so quickly. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to perfection, but we are called to constantly run back to Jesus as soon as we see our moments of, of failure and brokenness. So Jesus restores Peter in that moment, and it's a really, really precious moment. Another incredible sermon. But as soon as he restores him, Jesus prophesies over Peter. And this is what Jesus says to Peter. 
He says, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. It was a prophecy that Jesus was speaking over Peter about how he would be martyred for his faith. I think when Peter was sitting in prison, chained up, he had just seen his best friend murdered for his faith. Everyone was praying for him, but I'm sure everyone was praying for James too. I think he may have lost some hope in that moment. I, may, I think he may have said, okay, Jesus, I served you here. It's time for me to come home. But when the angel spoke to him and said, dress yourself, I believe hope was restored. Peter knew at that moment it wasn't time for him to die. It was time to get back to the mission the Lord had called him to. If there's a call, if there's a purpose, if there's a, a, a mission that you feel in your heart and in your life that it's died or that there's no chance, I think the Lord wants to speak hope into that today. Maybe it's a child who's wandered from the Lord. Maybe it's a relationship that's broken. Maybe it's something that has just felt so big that you could never overcome it that is constantly in your life stolen from you, the purposes that the Lord had for you. But I think the Lord wants to say today, it's not your time to, to, to be done. I have more plans for you. I have more goodness for you. Get dressed. Let's go. The third thing that the angel said to Peter was put on your sandals. Or in Sterling, put your shoes on. In our home, we wear sandals. Our kids, everywhere we go, they kick their sandals off as soon as we arrive, and they're playing in the fields, they're playing with their friends. But whenever it's time for us to leave, we don't say, okay, children, come get in the car. Okay. We, we shout out, put your shoes on! Because usually they've thrown the shoes and they don't actually know where the shoes went. They're, they're spread out all over the place. Go find your shoes and put them on because it's time to go. You put your shoes on before it's time to move. Jesus had told Peter several times to put his shoes on. He told him a lot of things about his shoes. But when, Peter, when Jesus commissioned the disciples out, he told them to put their shoes on. And he said, there's going to be dust on those shoes. And you're going to go to a place, and there will be places that will receive you, which means they will receive the gospel. And when you get there, you let your peace rest upon that house. You, 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 let, the, you let the dust on your shoes be there. But if you go to a place that they don't receive you, then you shake the dust off of, your, off of your shoes from that place and you don't let your, your peace rest upon that house. The shoes are the gospel that we get to walk in. Every single one of us has a specific and unique calling in your life. And I know that this is a church where you're going to be able to find out what that calling is and walk in it. And I'm grateful for that. But we also all share a mission. And the mission that we all share is to put the shoes of the gospel of peace on and walk it out in the world. Wherever we are to bring the gospel. The gospel is a word we say all the time in church. It's a really churchy word. Um, and so, so let, let me try to, in a complete way, say what the gospel is um, without using the word gospel. All right? 
The gospel is the good news that God's kingdom order has been restored through the death and resurrection of Jesus, who has made it possible for everyone to be friends with God if they repent, believe, and follow him. That's it in a sentence. That's what we get to do. We get to walk out kingdom order, goodness of Christ, and transformed lives everywhere we go. That's the common mission that we share. And that's what Peter was told when he was told to put his shoes on. A little deeper than just put your shoes on, right? The next thing. Put on your tunic. Wrap your cloak around you. It wasn't pack up your bags. It wasn't gather all your things. Peter had one cloak, one tunic. We know this because this is how Jesus sent them out. When Jesus sent them out, he said, take just one tunic with you for your journey. Just take one coat with you for your journey, and that'll be enough. It was, it was the, the character of the time. We know Paul only took one coat everywhere he went, because once he was in prison so long, it got cold, and he wrote a letter, please bring me my other coat, because I, I didn't bring it with me, because I'm only supposed to have one coat. The simplicity of those early followers is something that we can learn from. And the message behind it is this. The Lord is our provider. Yahweh Jireh. Yahweh Yileh, as we say in Akha. The Lord is our provider. Sometimes we say, I don't have what it takes to do the mission. You do have what it takes to get, do the mission. The Lord has given it to you. You take the thing, the one thing that the Lord has given you, and he will provide the rest. Amen? Amen. The last word. Follow me. The last word that the angel said to Peter was the first word that Jesus said to Peter. Follow me and I will make you fisher of men. This was a call back to the first love. A call back to memory of how our mission works. When I think that there's a, a, a call from the Lord for us to return to mission, the key of that call is we are called to return to follow Jesus. There are things that he is calling you to do. There are promptings that he is doing in your heart. I loved the message about, about the, little pro, the prophecy to, to Judah. That's following Jesus. This is what you're saying to me, Lord. I'm going to walk in it. And I might look like a fool and I might drown like Peter, but you'll pick me back up too. But it's a call to return to our first love and follow Jesus. If the worship team will come back up, and Pastor Ben, if you'll come to, to bring the action point, I'd like to pray for us as we're going to wrap this story up. But I want to encourage each of you, each of us here this day, to ask the Lord, where has the mission been lost in my heart? And how are you calling me to return to mission today? I don't think I'm alone in what the Lord is teaching. And I hope that the Holy Spirit is speaking even now. That he's showing direction that is showing his welcoming heart that says, I will restore you. I will recover you. 
I will bring freedom where there has been bondage. I will bring light where there has been darkness. Peter walked out of that prison not looking at the guards or the chains or the doors because he was following. And I think we can all go from this place with the heart that says, Jesus, we want to follow you as Peter followed that angel out of prison. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God who is with us, we praise your name. We thank you for showing us your character through God incarnate in Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for showing us your love and compassion, your humility, and your call of acceptance of us to be your children. And Father, we say to you this morning, we want to be back on the mission that you have intended, the purpose that you have created for our lives. Lord, wake us up where we've been slumbering. Bring hope back where we've lost it. Lord, equip us with the tools that we need to walk in you. And Jesus, we simply say we will follow you wherever you lead. I praise you for this city. I praise you for this state and I praise you for this nation. I pray, Lord, that you would rise, raise up your children to be followers of you, that there would be light in the dark corners of this nation, in the dark corners of this world. Jesus, bring your restoration, your life, and your hope. We say with full joy, we will follow you because you are good. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Lori, if you would join us up here. Church family, if you guys would stand, man, what an awesome word. I told you, I hope you took notes, otherwise you're going to have to catch the replay online. We're going to pray for them. They've prayed for us. We're going to pray for them. If you would extend your hands out, Lord, we pray a blessing over Paul and Lori that uh, you would make straight their path. Lord, your word says that you order the steps of the righteous. And so, Lord, we pray that you would do that, that you would move them into the fullness of the plans and the purposes that you have for their lives. And Lord, that the joy that has marked uh, their mission and their ministry, Lord, would be something that stays and rests with us as well, that we would celebrate, uh, Lord, the move of the kingdom of God, both here and around the world with them as we partner together. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got some action steps for you. If you've got your smartphone or your tablet, I want to encourage you to check these out up here. One is ask Jesus about what it's going to look like for you to get back on mission. Number two, submit to that restoration process. That's a fancy way of just saying yes to Jesus. Make sure that you do that. And then number three, take that next step of faith. Follow his lead. Let's see heaven on earth here in Northeast Colorado together.